thank you for listening to the Full of Joy podcast today. I am Francesca Borman, a joy and self-development influencer and your host for today. So I am back with the second interview in season two of my new interview series. So over the next four weeks, I'm going to be continuing this series and I am sharing the stories of five women entrepreneurs who built their own online businesses and they're sharing their stories from start to finish. Each story is filled with tips and insight and advice. And I just wanted to share this series where I get to sit down and hear the story of how these women got started with their businesses, because the most commonly asked question that I get is how do I get started? So this is for you, for the girl who has a dream or has an idea or just has a really strong desire and just wants to get started. So I hope these interviews inspire you to dream big and chase your goals. Before we get started with today's episode, please take a screenshot and share your biggest takeaways with me on social media by tagging me at Francesca X and at Full of Joy Podcast on Instagram. And if you're feeling generous, please leave me a review. Let me know what you're loving, what you want to listen to, potential guests. I always read them and it always gives me ideas for what to record the next episodes on. So let's jump into today's interview. So today we are speaking with Lexi Hexel. So Lexi is a triple threat. She is smart, she's caring, and she's so brave. So Lexi is the girl saving the world. (laughs) She's looking out for the underdog and living her days with the utmost intention. And I've learned so much from Lexi since I met her back in 2016. And Lexi's journey is interesting. And I think a lot of you can relate to her story because it is full of unexpected life change and she shares how she rolls with the punches and continues to find ways to serve her purpose and uplift her community through hard times. So Lexi is a photographer. She's also a small business owner and an advocate for living a low-waste lifestyle. So she is going to be sharing how she started her low-waste refill store and her passion behind being a business owner. And I have a very exciting announcement. Lexi is the owner of Clean Refillery, which is a low-waste refill store. And currently, her business has been mostly online or through in-person deliveries, but I have really exciting news. She is opening an in-person retail location this Saturday. So if you're around Michigan, check it out. It is in the Rio Town, um, Lansing area. She'll be sharing how you can start living a more low-waste lifestyle, and you can bring your own clean, dry containers to the shop to buy as much or as little as you want. Even if you just want to chat a little bit how to get a greener lifestyle started, she is here for you. So that's super exciting. It's opening on Saturday and I will have more details in my Instagram. But let's go ahead and get this started. Okay. So I am just so excited to have you on the Full of Joy podcast. So we are besties. We go way back. I was just telling Lexi that I've known you forever and obviously have been with you through this whole journey, but we've never sat down and actually talked about your story. So this is going to be so fun to hear all the whole backstory and hear all about your why and just how you are doing this, because I feel like this sustainable, low waste company and this whole idea is something that so many people want to be doing right now. And it's such the perfect time for you to start something like that. But people are like, okay, I want to do this, but where do I start? Or I want to do this, but like, 
I feel like the world has just gone so far in the other direction that it's like, what's the point? Like, is it even going to help? But you do it in such a way where you're so helpful. And I, I want to give you the floor to tell your whole story. But yeah, so share with us your story. How did you get started with Clean Refillery? What was your whole journey like, um, you know, kind of getting to launch? And what's your why? What's your why behind starting a sustainable low waste company? I've been trying to like figure out where to even start because my life has just gone in a completely different direction than I ever would have expected. If you asked me like even three years ago, four years ago, five years ago, I, this is not where I was supposed to be. Like I was going to be in med school. I was going to like be married by now. Like this is just not what I had planned, but I'm in some ways I'm just so glad that this is where it went instead of what I had had planned for myself, because I don't think I'd be happy doing that. Yeah. Um, so like I said, I had planned to do like medicine. Um, so I went to college and started doing like the normal college thing. I went to upstate New York to Lemoyne College. I wanted to be closer to my mom's family there. And that was really nice. But um, while I was there, I was like very attached to what was going on back at home. Like I missed my family. I missed my boyfriend. I missed my dog. Like I just could not get myself to live where I was. So mm. I did college. I was super, super depressed the whole time I was there. And I made the decision to like come back home and do community college, which is like I wish I had done that from the start now because I loved community college. Um, <laughs> so I transferred back home to community college and I was living with my parents and I wasn't like entirely sure that I was done with the whole medical field. I was like, okay, I'll take a couple years at community college and like keep going into the medical field, stuff like that. Um, and then I was in my, it would have been the beginning of my second semester back at, school here in Lansing and my dad got sick so we had kind of noticed that he wasn't quite himself he wasn't feeling quite himself and um I was with him that morning and he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer which from the start we knew didn't have a great outcome but we were really hopeful because he was like this big strong guy he was like oh I'm gonna beat it because you know that's what everybody wants um so I quit school completely and I was kind of just like his caretaker. I went with him to appointments and stuff like that. And I had recently gotten a camera and this is actually how you and I met. My ex-boyfriend bought me a camera for Christmas the year before. And I had been super into photos um, and ended up not working out with him, but I took photos of my sisters all the time. And people started reaching out to me and you were the first person who asked me what my rates were for photography, which was just like when you texted me, cause we only knew each other from high school at that point. And I think I was like sitting in bed. I was, I just like jumped out of bed. I'm like, mom, didn't you ask me what my rates are? I don't know what my rates are. Like what, what do I do? So we ended up getting together and you had just gone like on your first date with Brett and we were talking about that. I had just broken up and I'm like, screw love, whatever. And it was just like, from there, I kind of kept taking photos and you kind of showed me like, oh, this can be a job. Oh my so, gosh, I didn't know yeah, that. Yes. So <laughs> I was doing that when my dad got sick and I was kind of like, okay, I'll take this time off of school and reevaluate and I'll be spending a lot of time in hospitals and that'll really tell me like, 
is this what I want to do? Do I want to continue on this path? And ultimately the answer was no. Um, I spent enough time in hospitals that I was just like, I, I can't do this. This is not for me. I thought that this is what I needed to do because I was smart and I got good grades, but I don't like it. I don't like it at all. And um, I kind of just like through that time, I started getting more photo clients and I was doing that. Um, and I decided, okay, maybe I need to do like business or marketing or something like that when I go back to school in the fall. Um, to, I'm trying to remember if I went back to school in the fall or the following like spring semester. I can't entirely remember because it all like kind of blurred together. But um, my dad went through all of his treatments and we went on a trip to celebrate that he was done with treatment. And then the day that we got back, he got the diagnosis from his scans that the cancer did not go away and that he had a year left. So going into that Christmas was really hard because we're like, okay, this is our last Christmas together. We were kind of like preparing for a bunch of lasts. And um, he, he went really, really quickly and he ended up dying by February. So he was told in December he had a year and he was gone by February. Um, so he had been diagnosed on February 17th of 2017, and he passed on February 10th of 2018. So that was really, really hard to deal with, like to understand, like to watch firsthand a parent or even just a person. This was the first person who I had really watched, like leave the world. Um, and he was really focused on what he wanted his message to be, what he wanted his legacy to be, because that was really important to him. He, want, he didn't want to be forgotten. And he lived a life that isn't worth forgetting. So as he was kind of like going out of this, I started thinking a lot about like, what do I want my message to be? What do I want my legacy to be? And I started watching like documentaries on Netflix because I was just like, I can't leave the house. I don't want to see a soul. I'm just going <laughs> to watch Netflix and try to recover from my living room and my bedroom. And I started like watching a bunch of environmental stuff and like human rights things. So wondering where is our clothing made? Who makes it? What is it made out of? And I started learning more about like how our clothing affects the environment and how our clothing affects people. Like, are they being paid living wages? Are they working in safe places? Um, so my initial focus was really on my clothing and the things that I was buying new and are the people who's make, who are making my things that I consume on a daily basis being treated well? Because my dad's whole thing was about looking out for the invisible people. He called it eight seconds of humanity. And it was that it takes eight seconds to look at, acknowledge, and show a person that you care and love for them. So I was like, there are people on the other side of the world who are affecting my daily life. How does my life affect them? Um, and this kind of just kept evolving. So it went from clothing to other things that I was buying. And I started realizing more than like, how are the people who are here in front of me being treated? I needed to think about the future. So how are the next generation being treated? How are my actions affecting the people who are gonna come after me? And this is all like tying into me grappling with the fact that like life ends, but something continues after. Um, so from there, I decided I wanted to look into creating less trash. So I wanted to consume less and have less garbage. 
Um, and I, for a while I was like, I'm not going to use anything. I won't touch a plastic bottle ever again. Um, I'm not going to use plastic bags and groceries. And I was able to take a lot of things out of my life that weren't necessary. Like, um, I don't use plastic shampoo and conditioner containers anymore. I have shampoo bars that I use. And now thanks to clean refillery, I have conditioner that I can refill. So I, I went really, really hard in the first year and I started to realize that it was really affecting my mental health. Like it was becoming unhealthy. Um, there were times where if I wasn't home and I didn't have access to food that didn't come in a plastic container, I wasn't going to eat. Um, and it, it was just becoming a real like mental thing for me. And I think that a lot of people in the zero waste community kind of have to find a way to balance it so that it's healthy. And sometimes it's really, really hard. But um, I kind of reached a point where I was like, okay, I need some level of balance with this. And I just need to do my best. So in the capacity of clean refillery, I don't like to call it zero waste. I like to call it low waste because it is not realistic for every person in the world to fit all of their trash into a mason jar for a year. Like, I, I literally don't know how people do it. And growing up when I was in school, I always got really good grades. And my dad was like, we don't check your grades because we know you're doing your best. So I'm like, okay, I've just got to do my best. So that's kind of where I'm at now. And I started to realize like, okay, I'm doing the best with the resources I have in my community, but there aren't a lot of resources here especially since the pandemic. So you can't go to grocery stores as much with your own container and refill things because we really have to be careful and safe and you can't always count on people cleaning their containers properly. Mm -hmm. So especially since the pandemic has been hard and I've given myself even more leeway with that. So like, instead of telling myself, no, I can never have a Starbucks latte again until this pandemic's over because I have to get it in one of their cups. Every once in a while, I'm like, do you know what? I'm going to treat myself because in this pandemic, I'm sure my waste has been reduced. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not going out and driving as much, or I'm not going shopping as much. I'm not doing all these things that produced waste. So I'm going to treat myself every once in a while. So it's finding the balance in our own lives because we all have different lives. Mm -hmm. um, so at the beginning of the pandemic, for a few years, I had been talking about, oh, I want to open my own shop. Like, I'd love to open a shop in my community because there weren't that many resources and there still aren't. Um, luckily, I found more as I've researched this, but um, my mom was like really encouraging me. She's like, honey, you got to do it. You got to stop talking about it. You got to just do it. <laughs> and I'm one of those people who like, I'll prepare as much as I can. And then there's like this last little amount of preparation that I should probably do, but I just do it. <laughs> so I don't I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing but it definitely gets stuff done um so at the beginning of the pandemic I think it was March like around my birthday I purchased my logo I purchased my domain um and from there I just kind of kept like moving forward so over the past few years I've written down when I liked a low waste product and I would like write down the person who made it and try to stay in touch with them so that eventually like with this in mind, asking them like, can you wholesale or would you wholesale or would you be open to doing something different? Like selling me a bunch of your product that I can dispense for you. So 
I started getting in touch with these people whose products I've been using for the last few years and asking them that question, can, can I sell your product for you? Like, can I wholesale? I know this is a little different, but can you sell it to me, your shampoo or your laundry detergent? Can you send it to me in like five gallon containers instead of 16 ounce containers? And I'll provide the containers and I can deliver them to people and refill it. Some places were like, mm, I'm not so sure that's a good fit for us. And other places were like, yeah, we've never done it before, but let's try it. So that was really exciting, um, kind of reaching out to these places. And another part of this was I learned in Toronto. I went to Toronto because they have a great community there of low waste and zero waste shops. So I kind of explored and I looked at their products and looked at the labels and took notes and tried to find out who they were working with. And some of them were really, really nice and like sat down and talked to me and told me like, contact this person, talk to this person, this person's really cool. Um, and it's not always like that. It's kind of like your wholesalers are a secret. And like that, that is your secret. That is your recipe. So I was really grateful to them that they helped me out with that. But like, I kind of just kept moving forward with it. And I started purchasing large amounts of product. And it stressed me out because this is all from my savings account and my photography account. And I was just like, okay, I guess this is what I've been saving for. So I purchased my product. And then in October, when the last couple things came in, I was like, okay, I guess it's time. And I picked a day the next week to launch my website. And from there, it's just been like really, really cool seeing the community that's grown mm -hmm. in my own community. And I didn't even know these people were there. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm finding new people who want to work with me. I'm finding people who want to try different products. Um, yeah, it's just, it's really fun. And it's kind of brightened up the pandemic for me because I was able to do this because I had nothing else to do. It was this first little spread of like free time because work was slow that I was able to sit down and be like, okay, I guess this is the time to do it. Yes. Wow. What an incredible story, Lexi, like so many twists and turns. And like you said, like you were just honest with yourself, which I think for many of us, yeah, like we are going to school or we are a student or we are like already at a corporate job or whatever it is, but we have this like light inside us that wants to be doing this thing or we have this big desire and clearly yours is like such a strong desire and you are so good at helping people like find, you know, theirs. So it's just so cool that you like took your own, you know, support and took your own desires and made it into something. And that's actually what I was going to ask you about is how you find your suppliers and how you find your wholesalers. And like you said, like, I know it is kind of your secret sauce, but yeah. So with low waste, it's not like you can just like go on a wholesale website and order like 50 shirts, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. So it's interesting that you just used your own life as your like kind of product research and you were like okay I like this shampoo how can I get this right that was like the best advice I got from one of the people in Toronto one of the shop owners um she was like just start getting in touch with people whose products you enjoy and ask them would you be willing to do this mm -hmm. and it was really important to me that it was all stuff that I had tried out and that I liked I didn't want to be selling anything that I was just like yeah, I guess that like fills a purpose, but I probably wouldn't use it. It was like super important to me that it was something that I could get behind a hundred percent. So everything in the shop is stuff that I have used personally and tested for like 
months and my mom gives me input all the time. She's like, honey, I'm not so sure about this one. Or she's like, I love this. You need to get more of it. Like she has stuff that she buys at the grocery store and she comes up to me. She goes, I need you to get this. I'm like, mom, I don't, I don't know if you know entirely like how this works, but like, that's a pretty big brand. And I don't know if they're going to work with me or not. She's like, you need to just contact them and ask. That's another thing I wanted to ask too is, so you starting this clearly was something new kind of in our community and in our area. Obviously it's something a little bit more heard of now, but I know that you use Instagram as like a place to kind of promote and share knowledge and share tools. But also I think you really rely on your community and like you've been in the newspaper and local news and stuff like that. How are you kind of like getting those opportunities? Because for me, all I know is how to get opportunities like online, but I don't really have that like connection piece. Like, of course I have this podcast where I can connect with you, but yeah, like you're so personable, like kind of give us some tips on how you can actually get your name out there, like with real people and like real connection. Cause you're so good at that. How do you do that? Well, part of it is that my sister Sally helps me a lot. So I was lucky enough early on to make the decision to bring her on board with me. So Sally helps me out with like all the day-to-day stuff. So she makes the deliveries, she packs the orders. I'm writing the notes and I'm finding the suppliers and I'm working with people online. But she does all the behind the scenes stuff that really makes it so that I, I still work two jobs beyond this. So I still have my photography business. I work for a real estate team. And that's kind of like what's bankrolling this, getting started. Like I'm able to continue to work to make clean refillery better um, with these other jobs. And she's able to make my life a little easier by making these deliveries and packing orders and helping me. So she actually got me in touch through her community. She's in the theater community and she knew some people who worked with the newspaper and um, she just sent emails. So really so much of this, what I've realized is you've just got to ask for what you want because people don't know unless you say something. Mm -hmm. So she reached out to the newspaper and she's like, hey, my sister started this business and there's nothing like it here. And I think that it would be cool if you featured us. So that she helped with that. Um, A lot of it is really word of mouth, which is what I've found with my other businesses too, like with my photography, with real estate. Mm So much of it is word of mouth. And part of that comes from like providing a really good product or service. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have customers who are posting on their stories and then I'll see like three other orders come in and it's just wild. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. So I try to like really stay in touch with them and interact with them because like they're doing me a huge favor. They're helping me spread this, this message and sell these products because I know this sounds so corny, but really it's not about selling products. Like, of course I want to sell these items, but I want people to find a way to integrate low waste into their life in a way that works for them. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's cool to have this community here, mm-hmm. especially when like for so long I've been looking for one and I haven't like, I, I just always kind of felt a little out of place and not quite found a community. And now it's like asking for what you want. I'm literally making this group of people, like I created this space for like-minded people and they just keep showing up. (laughs) This is amazing. This is so, like everyone listening to this, I know we all just feel so inspired. Like this is amazing. I love that this is working out so well for you. But I think it's so cool too that you're saying like you learned from Netflix. Like, of course you went to college, but you're not letting your like 
lack of knowledge about being zero waste or your lack of performance being totally zero waste stop you from still creating a place for everybody to learn. So I think it's so cool that you empower people and you also do it in a way where you're like, listen, I'm here to help. I'm here to support. Here, these products are kind of like a way for you to kind of get into that Mm -hmm. um, world of low waste, but you don't expect people to do it perfectly. And I know this because I don't do it perfectly at all, but you still like respect me as a person and you still love me. You're like, listen, like you just share your life. And that I think is the best way to do it and the best way to get people on board is just being honest. So you have so much wisdom and you're just so thoughtful. So along with those things, what are your gifts? What are your skills? So you have like three full-time jobs plus the <laughs> so busy you definitely don't shy away from hard work but what are you doing when you just lose track of time what are you doing when you're just like oh my gosh this is the best part of like owning a business or like having so many side hustles what is that piece for you um honestly like I'm so lucky to have the knowledge that I have of photography Mm -hmm. um it's something that I really enjoy I've kind of started messing with film photography for my own fun um but it, I think that photos are such an important part of a business. Like it really captures what it is and helps people see that. Um, so I'm really fortunate to have developed that skill over the last few years and have the equipment that I need mm-hmm. to um, take good product photos and kind of show people how things work through photography. Um, that's kind of like, that. that's been one of my bigger takeaways. But I think also a gift that I have is like, like I mentioned earlier, I kind of like prep as much as I can. And then I jump in and I've always kind of been like that. Like there's always that last minute of fear before, like, as you're jumping, you're like, Oh, this is really scary. And you kind of want to go back, but you've already jumped and you just got to keep going. And that's something that I've kind of done in my life. Like whether it be going away to school, that was terrifying. But when I was there, I'm like, this is what's happening or like when I adopted my dogs who I've got little Winnie napping right here next to me (laughs) she's mad because I woke her up but when I went and I adopted my dogs I drove to Ohio to get them and it's like in the last five miles I'm like am I allowed to do this so I think just like really going for it even if it feels like it's a little too big that's something that I do a lot and sometimes it's a good thing sometimes it's not a good thing but when it's a good thing it's a really good thing yes I'm actually reading this book called the five second rule have you heard of that no it's by Mel Robbins and she is like a coach like a life coach and she talks about the five second rule and it's like this rule that she created it reminds me a lot of you where she says it's that five seconds of hesitation that stops us from doing things And she says the way to kind of work around that is like, say you want to wake up at like 6 a.m. She's like at 5, like 50, (laughs) you're going to wake up and be like, um, hell no, like I'm not getting up at six. Um, But she says to count backwards, five, four, three, two, one. And I forget how she explains it, but it like turns something off in your brain where counting that backwards, like if you count normal, it wouldn't work. But since you count backwards, like shift something in your brain. um, So where you like skip the hesitation part and you just do it. Um, so yeah, you just kind of launch like that. And it's so cool to see you do that and not 
focus on that hesitation because that five second of hesitation, even though you've done all the prep work and even though you are living this like low waste life, those five seconds of hesitation could have stopped you and like put your launch off um, more months, you know, but you just did it. Right. So that's so cool. And so, I'm so lucky too, because like my mom really like pushed me with it. She was asking me every week. She's like, so when are you going to launch? When are you going to launch? So I'm, I'm so lucky to, to have the parents that I have because um, my dad would always tell me stories from when he was younger. Like he kind of grew up in a family where it's like, you need to get a job that pays well so that you can support your family and you do it for 25 years, you do it for 30, 40 years, and then you can retire. And it doesn't really matter so much. Like, do you like this job or not? That was just kind of the mindset that he got when he was growing up. Luckily, he had a job that he enjoyed. And I mean, it didn't result in great things for him because I think it's probably part of why he got sick. He was a firefighter. Um, but he always told us growing up, like, do what you love, like, enjoy what you're doing. He really pushed us to like find things that we love and enjoy and pursue them. And my mom is like the same way. She's been with that the whole time. And just like her ultimate thing is I want you to be happy. Mm -hmm. Amen. So I know that you really rely on your family as your support system and of course your friends and other people in the low waste community, but have you had any like intentional coaches or mentors or any like resources that you can often like look to for advice or tips or encouragement on how to like keep going? Um, I think that part of what keeps encouraging me is obviously like my friends and family, they are the biggest, 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 biggest thing. Like, I love it when I get texts from you and I don't remember exactly how you said it, but I told you, like, I was worried about getting ahead of myself. You're like, get ahead of yourself and say hi. <laughs> I think about that all the time. <laughs> oh my gosh. But like, um, friends and family are really like what keep me on track with this. Like my mom and I have conversations about it all the time. My sisters and I, um, it's also really fun to have like I separate all my Instagram accounts. I have a few Instagram accounts and I like to have my clean refillery one just like zero waste stuff and that community so that I can go directly to that community for so many resources. Um, one of my favorite pages that I follow there is Intersectional Environmentalists and it's run by um, a group of people and they are a minority community and they're showing how the environmental changes affect minorities more. So people who are black, brown, poor, um, kind of like the Flint water crisis, like the fact that the water in Flint took so long and is taking so long to still be resolved. Um, they have really, really good information for any person, but I think it's really important that we're listening to the people who are being directly affected by environmental changes because I'm lucky to be like a white girl who lives in a pretty nice neighborhood and I have clean water and I have heat and I'm not near a toxic plant. Mm -hmm. So it's important to listen to the people who are really, really being affected by this because people like me who are in a position to like open a shop and shop for things specifically, I have resources, but the people who don't have resources are being first affected by the environmental changes. Mm -hmm. I just want to say thank you for being that light for those people and for 
figuring out a way where you can actually help create an impact and create change because that's so needed. So thank you for, you know, stepping into that role. Um, and I know that so many of us are so thankful for that. So you are one of my mentors for sure. And I get so much advice from you. And even today I have a whole page of notes written <laughs> from you. like life ends, but something continues after so good. So if you could pick one piece of advice or like one quote that you always refer to, like from your parents or from anybody, like, what do you think that would be that you could always refer to and be like, okay, I, I feel like I'm slipping right now, but like, I need this advice. Like, what is it for you? Um, this is something that I started telling myself around when my dad got sick and it's kind of been like my mantra ever since. And it's everything happens exactly the way it's supposed to. It doesn't always feel like it in the moment. Sometimes in the moment, it feels like it's going exactly the way it's not supposed to. Like, this was never supposed to happen this way. And I I often feel that way about my life. Like, it was never supposed to go like this. Like, my dad was supposed to be here. And I mean, I know I've talked about him a lot, but he was like, he was huge in my life and still is. Um, so, obviously, I still feel like he should be here with me. But my life is so completely different because he's not here and because he died when he died. Like, I don't know that I would be opening the shop. I don't know that I would have my little Winnie. I don't know. Like there are so many things that are different and my life is richer despite the loss. So sometimes when I feel like this isn't happening the way that I want it to happen, this isn't happening the way I planned for it to happen that's okay. Cause it's happening exactly the way it was always supposed to happen. Mm. So good. You're such a good, um, like example of that and living that out. So I know that there are a lot of people listening that probably want to start something like this and, or they feel like they're a little bit behind you or they're also in school and not really feeling like they know what they want. And like, I can totally relate. Like I didn't know what I wanted yeah. until this year. Um, so if you could talk to your younger self or someone that feels like they're kind of behind you in a way, what is something you would say to them to inspire them or help, you know, give them some type of support? Um, I think it kind of just goes back to that. Everything happens the way it's supposed to, like, maybe you don't know what you're supposed to be doing right now, but something will come along and tell you, like, this is what you're supposed to do. Um, and just like, rely on the constants in your life so rely on the people who have always been there and always will be there um invest in those people mm. beyond anyone else invest in them and invest in yourself mm. invest in those people i've never heard it said like that i like that a lot and i like too that you are just so honest and like you told yourself years ago like i just can't live where i'm living right now like i gotta change this and you change it so I think that is just such a great piece of advice to, if you, if, if you don't feel appreciated, if you don't feel like you're like, you know, thriving, which obviously there are seasons of not thriving, but if you don't feel like you even have that possibility where you are, change it. So it's so mm -hmm. cool that you have done that and it's really worked for you. So I know that you have big goals for clean refillery and for your yeah. whole life and everything. So tell us about some of those goals. Like what's next for clean refillery? What can we expect? How can so, we get So hopefully a storefront that's like the next big thing I'm really really hopeful about it um I would love for that to happen in like the next year or so um just 
yeah, I kind of just want clean to keep going until something like this becomes mainstream. So until the grocery stores bring back the bulk sections yeah. and until like places like Meyer start having like refill soap stations, I think even then I'll find a way for clean to survive. But like, I say this to people and they're like, oh no, don't say that. But the ultimate dream is for me to be put out of business because this is no longer unique and special. Right. Exactly. Like I want there to be change. That's like what this whole thing about is like changing the way people think, changing the way people spend their dollar and showing them like your dollar has meaning. Put it where you want it. Yes. Amen. You heard it here first, people. <laughs> so where can we find you? What's your Instagram handle? What's your website? Give us all the tea. All right. So Clean Refillery is www.cleanrefillery.com spelled r-e-f-i-l-l-e-r-y and then you can find us at clean refillery on instagram and then if you want to see me and my dogs and personal photography stuff like that you can find me at lexi l-e-x-y underscore hexel h-e-c-k-s-e-l amazing i will link all of that of course down below but i just want to say thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge and all your wisdom in truth with us today it was so helpful and meaningful thank you thank you for having me this is like a secret ultimate dream goal of mine so when you texted me i'm like this is not real i am not qualified this is so cool you're overqualified and so helpful so thank you Thank you.